0: Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. I'm here with Paige and a very special guest, Taryn Conwell from the Undomestic Mom, right? Yes. Okay, Um, I didn't wanna say it wrong, Undomestic Mom. And she's gonna (laughs) share all about herself and her services. And we're gonna talk a lot about self-care as a mom today. So I'm really Mm -hmm. excited because it's something every mom needs no matter how old your kids are or whether you stay at home or you work. So it's going to be a really great conversation. And I'm just going to let Taryn introduce herself and give her bio so that we can learn more about her and you can too.
1: Okay, great. Well, thank you ladies so much for having me on the podcast today. I definitely have my caffeinated beverage ready to go. Um, So yes, I am a mom of three. I have a seven-year-old, four and a half-year-old, and almost two-year-old. So a little pandemic toddler. Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We live in the suburbs of Chicago, and I have been a stay-at-home mom and working mom. I vary between the two for the past seven years. I, um, and then I started The Undomestic Mom about four years ago when I really felt like I needed uh, my own fulfillment aspect outside of motherhood. And it's kind of pivoted along the way, but in the beginning of last year, I started really focusing on, um, the self-care area for moms. And I just feel like, um, self-care was such a, like an overused word and everyone used it for their own way. And it kind of meant whatever people wanted it to mean for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I kind of just teach moms and coach moms how to define it for themselves because it can truly be whatever you want it to be but um I think we need to take time to actually think about that and then kind of how to have a consistent self-care practice in place on a daily weekly monthly yearly basis is kind of how I structure it
2: I love that can you tell okay. me like your origin story you're a superhero tell me your origin story for a domestic sure. mom sure
1: Yes. Yeah, no. i love to so I had um, my second daughter in uh, the summer of 2017. And so I always say around the time she was like six months old, which was the beginning of 2018, I felt this um, almost like feeling of dread. I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or a work-from-home mom. I wanted to stay home with my kids in some capacity. And I was a nanny before I had kids. So I, I knew that would kind of just would work to, um, into my life in some way with childcare. And mm-hmm. so, um, I had taken a maternity leave. I had done home daycare for, um, uh, before my second was born. And then I had taken a maternity leave and I felt this very much. Um, Oh my God, I'm going to do this for the next 20 years. I like, am terrified. Like this is going to be day in and day out diapers and, um, you know, tantrums. And I like lost myself. Um, so I had a lot of <laughs> fights with my husband and he one day just kind of said to me, like, I can't be the only source of accolades in your life. And that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, you know, cause I would, I would make dinner and I'd be like, was the dinner good? And it might be, you know, it could be like a frozen pizza. And I would be like, how good was that dinner? And, you know, he was like, uh, it was great. I loved it. But I was like, searching for that from him. Um, because, you know, I had a three-year-old and a six-month-old who weren't constantly telling me like, you're doing great, mom. Uh, and my husband's very supportive, but it just, it wasn't enough. So, uh, luckily I had a friend who she had a blog and she was really supportive and said, you should start one. And so I did. So I started, a, kind of, it started as a, a all-purpose mommy blog. And then, um, I do really love to cook. And it kind of turned into a recipe blog. And then as I had my third child uh, during the pandemic, I realized that self-care and those aspects of it were what I really loved talking about. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how it has evolved over time.
0: I love that. I love that you have taken the things that have come to you in motherhood and morphed it into how you can help others or the things that maybe you struggled with. You've learned from those and turned it into something that's been helpful for other moms and women. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
2: There's also a level of like morphing. I feel like as, as women, kind of how we define our roles and what we do, it morphs as we go, like your blog. So I mean, any successful woman will tell you, or any successful business owner will tell you, but we like, we like women. So any successful woman will tell you that like, it is quite literally a morph and mold and pivot sort of experiment when you start a business and really trying to nail down your niche. That's how I say it for anyone else out there. Niche niche. <laughs> I We're, say going, niche with We're yes. going with it. We're going with it. Um, is kind of that exploratory adventure and to find what you're really passionate about. And I have as so as I've worked as a parent coach, parent educator, and as a therapist, I too fall to the sentiment that self care is like a buzzword now. Like I hear the word self care and I just roll my eyes. I think the roll your eye emoji because I'm like, oh my god, it's so overused. Mm -hmm. And so I also work really hard to help people redefine like what that looks like. Yes.
0: What are some realistic like tips or ideas that you have for self-care for moms who are in that part of motherhood where your kids are maybe younger and you feel like you are just drowning? Mm
2: -hmm. I also wanna know what your working definition of self-care is. Yeah.
1: So, well, okay, I'll start with that. So my um, definition of self-care is two parts. So one, it has to be something you look forward to. So if you look forward to waking up and jumping on the Peloton for an hour, that can be self-care. If you dread it, but you do it because you know it's good for you, that I don't consider that self-care. So it has to be something you look forward to doing. And then um, the second part of it is something that provides um, some sort of fulfillment. And that doesn't have to be deep. It can be if you like to do uh, self-manicure for yourself a couple times a week because you get enjoyment of having nice nails, that can be self care. It could also be, again, something a little bit maybe deeper for me, which was starting a blog because I wanted to have a creative outlet and put my stamp on the world, so to speak. So, kind of a two part, um, two parts to how I define self care. Uh, and then, as far as realistic ways for moms, especially young moms, to, or mo- rather, young moms of young children, to get self-care is um, the first, again, I look at it in sort of a daily, uh, weekly, yearly overview. And the first thing I always say to my moms is we have to nail down some time during the day where it is just your time. So in my house, that's nap time. And then the other time is, I don't do bedtime and bath time in my house. That is my husband's job. So he gets home and around six o'clock, we part ways. And he takes over and he does bath and puts the kids down for bed. And um, I can do whatever I want. So usually at night, I'm tired. So I like to just relax. But in uh, if I have to get something done for the podcast, I can always come down here and do that as well. And then um, during the weekend, same thing, my husband and I we, we take turns uh, solo parenting. So I usually let him sleep in and then he wakes up, and I'll usually take you know a good chunk of the weekend to myself. So when I am talking to moms, because again, everyone's schedule is going to be different, everyone's partner schedule is going to be different. It looks like taking stock of what your day looks like and where you can fit that in. But uh, I definitely recommend like with your partner looking at the day of, is there at least an hour out of the day where your partner can solo parents and you can get a break and then they can solo parent or sorry, and then you can solo parents and they can get a break. Um, and you know, same thing on the weekends. And then beyond that, it, it also is then creating your own village. And so in my house, how we do that is with babysitters or mother's helpers, because, um, his parents work. And, um, actually we don't, we don't, we don't speak to my parents and our siblings hey. all
0: work. So yeah.
1: yes, I know. I, just my um, mom.
0: Yeah. Just my yes. mom, but what, well, you know?
1: Yes, no, I know. I, lo- I did. I, I, um, I talk a lot about that on my podcast. Cause I do, I like to identify with other women who have a similar path because, um, I'm surrounded by women whose moms are really helpful and that can be your village. That can be asking your mom, Hey, do you think you could come over on, you know, Saturday afternoon, you know, or asking your dad, or maybe you have a sister who loves to help. Um, that's not possible in our house. So again, we utilize babysitters for that to just kind of expand um, the self-care time, because I've definitely been through phases where, you know, my kids aren't napping great, or when you have more than one child. And the, I mean, I went through a phase where the over, overlap was like 30 minutes, And that just like, wasn't enough for me. I've gone through phases where my husband's worked later at night. So that was, you know, I I was back on bedtime, bath time duty. So I think it's really um, looking at your life kind of as an overview and finding if you don't have the time between you and your partner, how can you outsource that a little bit?
0: I, something that I really connect with is that there's a lot of mothers out there who either don't have family close or they don't have relationships. And so it's hard to build that village. So I love that you're talking about even um, hiring help and how I think there's a stigma associated with that with like stay at home moms, that they shouldn't um, hire a mother's helper or um, help to get a break when that's not necessarily true. Can you talk a little bit about that and um, recommendations you have if someone's struggling with that? sure no
1: definitely yeah i agree i think the same thing i actually i only started using mother's helpers after i started in therapy (laughs) my therapist was like oh we need to we need to get you some help like this is too much for you and i was like no i stay home and at the time you know i was also doing home daycare so i did work from home and i was like no it's fine you know we only used sitters for um typically like occasional date nights Or if we got invited to something without the kids, right? So like if we got invited to a wedding, uh, you know, for my husband's cousin say, I, I won't even question using a babysitter, giving a wedding gift, spending several hundred dollars on something because you've invited me to that. And of course I'm going to attend. But then when I thought about it for myself, I was like, oh, I cer- certainly couldn't spend, you know, a uh, hundred or a couple of hundred dollars, um, you know, throughout the course of several months on maybe a mother's helper. I just felt, it felt so selfish. And so I really had to work through those things. I had to work through thinking um, and I, and that's helpful for me Like um, I just like the numbers, I like the data, like, okay, what did we do this year that we spent, you know, money on, like, again, like events like that, where um, other people, we were like showing them love through a financial means, right? So I would think to myself, okay, what, what if we just eliminated one or two things or cut back on a few things? Where could I find the money to spend? And once I kind of got over the uh, financial aspects, because I did find affordable ways to get help, I just started doing it and I noticed that I just became such a happier person and it really affected my family so positively. Like the proof was in the pudding. Um, I could really, once I was getting these breaks consistently, I could really be uh, just so much more engaged as a mom when I was with my kids. And again, I I do have a supportive partner who was uh, very much like, at 12 hours with these kids, you need a break, you know, so he was really supportive of that and helping us kind of look into the budget to find it. So I think that's part of it. But that's another thing I give the moms, I coach, I just give them permission, because a lot of times we just need that, like, and I just say, like, you have my permission to use some help, even if it's four hours a week, you know, even it's, it doesn't have to be a lot um, to get really restorative benefits.
0: And I think we have to get creative about looking for those options. Like this does not mean you have to go on like care.com or like find a nanny or anything like that. Like you can look in your neighborhood for a teenage girl. I uh, use my niece frequently because she's a teenager. She always wants extra money. And so sometimes I'll pay her to watch them for a couple hours while I take a nap just because I want to take a nap. Little things like that, like getting creative if you have teens in your family or you know, someone you trust to even watch them while you're in the house, but, you know, separate doing self-care or whatever you need to get done. Paige, do you have any thoughts?
2: I'm curious how you tackle the mindset piece for these women, um, when, you know, when it comes to mom guilt and being able to, whether you have the means or not accessing these resources and taking that time.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a big one because even, um, some of the moms that I coach who do have supportive, uh, just like family members who are willing to do it for free. They're very much like over, uh, overtaken sometimes by the mom guilt of, well, I certainly couldn't ask my mom to watch my kids so I could get a break. It doesn't feel, it doesn't, it just, it's hard. And I think, um, a lot of the things I have them do is honestly journaling. So we'll journal through several different scenarios of just like what, how do you, um, how could you see your mo- yourself uh, being a mom and presenting yourself as a mom if you got every, just say every week you knew you had four hours to yourself. What do you think that would make, uh, how do you think that would positively impact your family? So we're not thinking from the negative space, you know, we're not coming from, you um, a ways of like, oh, I, sh- I certainly shouldn't be doing this for myself. You're thinking like, what would that do in terms of how I show up for my mom or my kids, how I show up for my partner. And a lot of times that can be really helpful for them, you know? Um, and if that is still a struggle, I recommend that my moms try using a mother's helper or a sitter, um, for time with their partner initially, So a lot of times the objections is, you know, my partner works really hard outside the home and they don't feel that they get a break during their day, right? Like they're working, they maybe get a lunch, but there's not a a big break they get. Um, So why should I get that sort of break? And I kind of help them break down this like tit for tat sort of, uh, you know, logic with their spouses. And then also, say, well, let's start there. Okay, let's have the sitter come over for three hours in the afternoon on Sunday and have, go get, uh, you know, especially when you're getting used to having a sitter and you're like, you have a lot of anxiety around it. Let it be a mother's helper who stays in your house. Get some takeout, go, you know, we have a a finished basement. So we'll just like hole up down here and watch a movie and eat takeout. And that really, again, I do have a supportive husband, but when he kind of saw the benefits of, oh wow, we just got three hours to ourselves on a Sunday. Like he really opened up to it. So that's another way of just kind of giving into that people pleasing aspect a little bit in their personality to show them that. And then that can sometimes kind of get the ball rolling on, uh, yeah, you deserve to do this, you know, for yourself because being with kids, especially little kids all day, um, just really, it's emotionally, physically, like mentally, there's so many taxing elements to it.
0: Something that I feel like has been helpful for me because this guilt piece is something that I really struggle with. I don't feel guilty like about using childcare to work. Um, but for some reason, there's a piece about like um, doing fun things, taking time for myself. I at times will feel like guilt about that. So the thing that's been most helpful for me is like looking at my relationship with motherhood and what I define that as. And my motherhood isn't like the cleaning or the things I'm getting done around the house or even like the tasks I do for my kids. That is my motherhood is my relationship with them. So when I feel guilt about leaving them, it doesn't change or strain my relationship and it can make me feel a little more calm about taking the time for myself. And then also relationship with like productivity and rest, because a lot of people feel like in order to be worthy, they always need to be productive or to be doing, doing, doing. And that's something I struggle with. Like if I have an hour of downtime and I don't have a huge to-do list and I'm not totally overwhelmed, I get anxious because I don't know how to be bored. Like I don't know how to take that time or figure those things out. And so, um, examining that and like why is that and where do I get my like worthiness from and how can I shift that into a healthier belief
2: yeah I think that's something that I mean not even stay home moms it seems a lot of the content of this episode is like stay home parents but I'm assuming Taryn you also work with working mothers and um mothers of differing family structures is that right Yes. And with the pandemic,
1: I mean, the lines between stay at home mom and work outside of the home mom were just so blurred, like so that, you know, I would always identify as a stay at home mom, I felt weird saying I was a work at home mom. Um, But again, for most of my journey, I have worked. And I, yeah, so it's in, in some sort of relationship to, again, either being working from home part time, whether you use childcare or not. Um, but also with working moms, they're of course deserving of self care as well. And they there's so many ways that they can utilize again some outside help to take time for themselves because just the quantity um, in motherhood doesn't is not necessarily you know mean more than the quality. So if you are a little bit more rested and feeling great about it you're gonna have a better time with your kids than if you're just slugging through it because you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't spend as much time with my kids. I really need to be with them. Um, so yeah, so I definitely work with moms and all, you know, across the gamut with that sort of, you know, like I said, the lines are so blurred these days.
0: I also think a lot of work from home moms have guilt about using childcare during their working hours because they're at home and it creates a lot of like tension in the house. Whereas if they would just like, Use the childcare, they could focus, get their work done, and they could actually be home and be present more. So it's a lot of just like mindset shifting around using childcare and help to do the things you value, whether that's working or self care, mm-hmm. time with your partner.
2: Absolutely. And what you said a little bit earlier, Lindsay, about this idea of like needing to constantly be in movement and producing something, right? Some level of productivity. I 100% um, relate to. So last week was spring break for my kids and I worked a half week. So I did 20 out of the regular, however many hours I work in a week, which is not a badge of honor. Working a lot of hours is not a badge of honor, right? That's what I tell myself, what I do. Anyway, so there are days when I was done working for the day, but didn't have something actively planned to do with my children. And I had a lot of anxiety in those moments because of the stillness. And so I've had to to actually schedule in and plan time to be still and not producing and like sit with that anxiety, even though I don't like it. I don't don't like sitting with it. I like to to get used to it because I shouldn't have to be on all the time or moving 24 seven to feel like I have accomplished something in a day. So that's real. And I think that that exists in whatever spectrum of motherhood you're at. Excuse me, it's that oatmeal stuck in my throat. But whether you're like, whether you're sometimes working, working out of the home, in the home, you choose to be a full-time homemaker, whatever it is, like, I think that exists, especially with comparisons on social media, which is a whole other episode we could dive into, right? Like doing all the Pinterest activities or the Instagram highlight reels of all the activities we're doing with our kids and structuring this time and structuring that time. And it's another way to stay busy. Um, What other questions did you have on your question? So um, this is my last question, but it's a doozy. So buckle up, take a sip of your caffeine. Okay. I would like to know, I'm genuinely curious, what has seemed like the most stubborn barrier you've encountered in your work with moms and in, in establishing this um, self-care routines and beliefs, and then what was the creative problem solving for it? So like, oh, okay. is a job interview. This is. <laughs> up. That's it. I told you. Take a drink. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I think that. Oh, I think a lot of times I am, uh, the idea that's being presented is again, that their partners are feeling like they don't, they're feeling as if their partners don't think they deserve a break or we get into that. Like I said, that tit for tat, very sort of, um, who's doing more in our relationship with our partner versus coming together on let's make this better. Like, Oh, you're feeling that way. And I'm feeling this way. Um, great. What are some solutions as opposed to the constant one uppery of just like, no, but I woke up with them, you know, three days this week and I did this and I, you know, um, come together with your partner and like be creative on those solutions. And so, a lot of, um, the time I will say to them, can you speak to your partner and ha- like come to the table, um, really, uh, in a loving way when you are, when the kids are already asleep and say, Hey, like, can we have a conversation about this? I also like them to ask their partner ahead of time. Hey, like what night this week would be a good night to talk. So we could have a conversation about the fact that I think we're both feeling worn out. Um, cause a lot, mo- nine times out of 10, The moms that are coming to me are like, well, I'm burnt out, but so is my partner, you know, like they're burnt out too. And I'm like, yep, get it. I was there before. Like, I don't, I think, um, partners also deserve, you know, whether it's your wife or your husband, they also deserve time for self-care. So a lot of times it's kind of, uh, incorporating, incorporating that into the whole family. And, uh, yeah, it's the solo parenting. So like I said, like taking turns. So a lot of times I'll say like, well, what can we look, let's show me your day. Where can we look at this day where you can take turns? And what I notice is uh, a lot of times they're both waking up with the kids. They're both like getting the teeth brushed and they're the dressed and the um, lunches packed and th- those sort of things. And then at night they're tag teaming it all too. So they're packing the lunches or they're getting the lunches you know, cleaned out, the backpacks and starting cleaning or starting some laundry, whatever the case may be. And like what I like to say is at least a couple nights a week can one of you do it all so like again my husband likes to sleep he prefer to sleep in he is a night owl I'm a morning person so he doesn't help me in the mornings I do that by myself you know I do the breakfast and the dress and all that by myself and then at night he does the bedtime bath time by himself so that is the first thing I will come to the table with like where in the schedule can we you know take on a little bit more for a chunk of time um and then And then the second being, yeah, like where, like, let's, because I get a lot of resistance, but I can never afford that. I can never afford help. I can never afford help. And I'm like, let me show you. Um, You know, when I was pregnant with my third, I used a mother's helper because I was exhausted. I had terrible like morning sickness. It was all day. And uh, I just felt like crap. And so I found a mother's helper who would come two days a week. She would come for two hours. Um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I could just rest until my husband got home from work. And I literally paid her $9 an hour. And for four hours a week, it was $36. Like we cut out a little target trip here and maybe had, you know, like I said, like we took cut out, takeout one night a week. Um, and we found the money. Like I will look through your Amazon purchases, and I will find the thirty-six dollars. Oh, please so, don't look through my Amazon. Purchases. And that's oh and that's yes, and that's what you know. My I can never afford that. I can never afford it. I'm like, yes, you can. Let me see. You know, unless you're coming to me with again with more of a severe um, financial situation, um, but nine times out of ten, that's not the case. And it's, uh, I'm like, let me look, let me look what you spent on Amazon. Let me see what you bought at the the target dollar spot. Um, Because when you are restored, again, if you are taking that time to yourself and you're feeling restored, you're so much less likely to wanna get takeout three times a week. Wanna go just take the kids to Target just to blow an hour and you end up buying a bunch of stuff you don't need. You know, it it will pay off in dividends if you um, can use that time for self-care. True, again. Self care.
0: I think too, like being intentional and having that conversation with your spouse, not in the middle of a fight about how tired you both are or whose turn it is to do this. setting up that and saying, let's look at our schedule. It doesn't have to be every night. It can be like just a couple of times a week, what works best for us. A lot of times we just go into parenting and then become resentful when we don't like line out the expectations. So whose responsibilities are in the morning, whose responsibilities are in the evening. Um, when my husband picks my kids up from my in-laws and takes them home and I work late, what are his responsibilities with the kids? And Mm -hmm. we just don't have those conversations and share our expectations all the time either. And I think that can be really helpful in getting on the same page and getting through those barriers to having time.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, my heart goes out um, during this conversation to our solo parents, just so like single mamas um, with limited financial means, because those are a lot of people that I have in my life, right? Limited support systems, limited village, limited financial means, they don't have the option of, of a partner to kind of tag team. Um, so what would you say are your top three tips for individuals in those scenarios The the one out of 10 financial yes. a mm-hmm. single mama?
1: Yeah. I was raised by a single mom. Um, so, and yeah, and, and I also was not only raised by a single mom, but my mom had four kids and yes, did definitely not have the means. Um, what I think uh, can be really beneficial in those instances is, I, and I yeah, i am not, I'm personally not a single mom, but my mom who was a single mom had other friends who were single moms. So I think if you are a single mom, you probably do at least have one other friend who is, um, and to, uh, go to her and be like, Hey, would you be interested in a swap? You know, like, would you want to, uh, dep- again, depending on schedules, right? Like, um, you know, if your schedules line up, could, would you want to take the kids for four hours on Saturday? Um, if that sounds like a lot, two hours, you know, like whatever, whatever you guys work out initially, can you take the kids for two hours on Saturday this week? And then I'll take your kids for two hours next week. So, um, to again, create that village of a bartering system, you know, and like, what's, who can we, who can we, uh, you know, find in our lives who would be willing to do that. Um, and then also what, um, would be another thing I would suggest is it's a swear word. So I don't want to say it, but we call we'll call it F it Friday in my house. You can swear here. I, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. We would call, we would call it, uh, we fuck it Friday when I was in really, uh, more, sh- uh, survival modes of parenting. And I would say to myself, I would just let myself off the hook for the a- after nap, the rest of the afternoon. I didn't care what they did. They just trash the house, watch as many shows, iPad, whatever you have. I don't care. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to be on my phone. I'm going to be indulging in a scroll fest and I am going to check that guilt at the door. And it was just something for me um, with my, it was just a mindset switch of like, and this is what we do on Fridays. And that's okay, because this is I invented this thing. And this is what we're going to do. And I would tell that to my friends, and they loved it. And they would do the same. They like, yes, oh, we're going to implement that too. So uh, to moms who have that, again, that not availability to have their partner take time, you know, to switch off with, you got to cut yourself a lot more slack. And you just have to say, like, these are the nights we're just going to eat, like I said, a frozen pizza, or, you know, something, you know, um, microwavable nuggets. And you're not going to feel bad about it because what your kids ultimately need is you a happy mom. They don't need, you know, the gourmet food or the, you know, right. You said the Pinterest activities, they just want you to be happy. And if they're sitting next to you with like headphones and like, they're just happy to be next to you, you know, while you're sitting there. I remember that of being, uh, like I said, my mom being a single mom, I just enjoyed time with my mom. I never cared what, you know, what we were doing.
2: Yeah. I love that. I think those are solid, solid tips with reasonable expectations for the, you know, the ones out there who are in those positions. So I appreciate that. And your kids probably love F it Friday too. Oh mine, yeah. Mine. Yeah. Mine, mine, yes.
0: Yes. We we kind of do a version of that. I didn't have a name for it, but Fridays <laughs> after I get off work, it's a free for all.
2: Same. It is free for all Friday. If you need to keep it PG, I guess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Am I PG with my kids? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Taryn, tell us um, where we can find you, where everyone can find you. If you have any promos, anything going on right now, I, I would love to know.
1: Okay, great. Yes. So I um, actually, for your listeners, I will have a little freebie for them. If they go to undomesticmom.com slash mindful, they can actually grab a cheat sheet that is going to be all about finding a mother's helper. So if, again, if you're listening and you're thinking, I couldn't find it in the budget, I wouldn't know where to look. I don't know where to even start. I just kind of created a little um, resource for them to kind of get their brain and the wheels turning of hmm, Maybe this summer I could look in cut one or two things out and uh, we could do that. Um, So they can grab that. And then I'm also over on Instagram at Undomestic Mom. And um, my podcast is the Undomestic Mom podcast where I talk uh, to moms all about creating their own definition for self-care and creating that and then fulfilling that to what they wanna do and creating a consistent self-care routine so that they can live a more happy and joyful life
2: love it in alignment um no i love it, um, no, I I would, love it. oh sorry. no no i love it no i love it <laughs> no i will
0: i will put the link for <laughs> the freebie in the bio
2: great thank you Let,
0: let's do mom fails
2: yeah who has the mom fail
0: i have mine ready okay go i mom fail a lot um
2: <laughs> i forgot our,
0: our school district for whatever reason has had a ton of early days lately totally spaced one, whoops! <laughs> you just didn't pick him up. Well, I didn't tell the babysitter to pick him up.
2: <laughs> the level of coordination there. Honestly, yeah. though, I feel like you haven't achieved motherhood until you've forgotten. You've forgotten a child. child. I, I, yeah. A pickup, I, like mine was like a bus. Forgot to be there when the bus dropped them off, so they wouldn't let her off the bus. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, I remember I to that. say here. Yeah, you missed stuck. <laughs> And nothing's worse than like traumatizing your child in that way. Like, then they're like, where were you? Why'd you forget me?
2: Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So last weekend we went swimming and then we went out to dinner at a restaurant. I kind of have two because my kids have been like lying about me to people. So that's my mom fail. It's not even my fault because these aren't real. But... So we're at the restaurant and my three-year-old, uh, Tara and I have the same age of kids, like within like a six-month range. Oh, my wow. three-year-old was sitting at the table, and it's like a group of like their two aunties, me, their sisters, the waitress comes up and she's so, all... So my mom told me I was sad and she went boo-hoo-hoo, where and made fun of me. And then I cried, and everyone was like, Oh my god, like that's not nice, huh? Like i was like, girl, that never happened. Like, you're just trying to get that extra dessert right now. Like, I can feel it in my bones. Like, I never once, never once have I ever boo-hoo-hooed at my child. And I was like, but you bet I'm gonna now. Like, girl, get ready for this sass. And then my oldest was alone with her grandpa and told him that I spent the night in jail because I did a rolling stop at a stop sign. I was like, wait a minute. Yes, I was pulled over for that. Officer Juan. That's his name. I'm always on the lookout for officer Juan now, but I did a rolling stop at a four-way stop. It's like, I got pulled over. I got to take it. The whole thing. She straight up. Just tells everybody that I spent the night in jail. I, I love it because oh of the cops. Gosh. And she did a rolling stop. Like she knows all the words. There. <laughs> she made it believable. She's talented, talented storytellers. Okay. What's yours, Karen? Oh.
1: Uh, okay. Well, since we can, since I can swear on the podcast, I, a couple of weeks ago, my, so we, my daughters aren't Girl Scouts and I'm actually the troop leader this year. And Ooh. so we have, um, with my husband's schedule, we usually have the sitter come and for like, uh, an hour and a half to make sure that we can go and get to Scouts while my son is, you know, at home. And so I'll usually have her like, you know, they come home from school looking just rat tat. I'm like, I don't know what you did at school, but I'll usually ask her, like, can you just like kind of brush their hair and then give them a fresh shirt if they need one? And so I came upstairs and she they kind of lost track of time. And my oldest Georgia was just like, Oh, mom, do we look like assholes? And I was was like. She's like, yeah, just, uh, we didn't get a oh, shirt on and uh, thinking we're gonna look like assholes at, at Girl Scouts tonight. Oh, I, I was yes. just like, oh, my, I'm like, I don't. I did, right, <laughs> I, I'm just like, I don't. Where did you, like, like, of the things I would say, like ragamuffin, I don't know, like, no. She's just like, yeah, dude, we look like assholes.
2: Oh my gosh, the first thing I'd say.
1: My daughter yes. learned the
2: phrase juicy booty oh sh- I was like let's not say that at school can we not tell anyone at school they have a juicy booty please because that's the last thing I want to come in for <laughs> like let's not yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right well thank you so much for coming in we appreciate your insight and I'm looking forward to checking out some of your resources go to the link in our show notes if you want that and then you can find us on all of the various platforms Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes. Stop. Are you ready to stop the recording? Hey, it's Paige. If you or someone you know is looking for therapeutic services, I'm accepting new clients in Idaho over telehealth or in person. So go ahead and check me out at www.parentingwithpage.com. Skim my bio and contact me via the contact form. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.